Hi, this is the VR Gear Daily News Podcast, episode number 34 for March 19th, 2020. <laughs> Today's podcast will feature three great stories. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the um, Oculus GDC wrap-up. Um, we're going to uh, walk through what was announced and some high-level takeaways. We're also going to be talking about some uh, VR apps that are going to help you as you are working from home due to this uh, strange virus that we've been uh, catching wind of. Okay, yes, it's the coronavirus. Uh, finally, we are going to be talking about the brain-computer interface teased by Valve's co-founder. Yeah, and that's Gabe Newell, and that's the story we're going to start with. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Gabe Newell, uh, he first started working on virtual reality, uh, but has lately transitioned into the BCI, he calls it, the brain-computer interface. Um, in a 40-minute interview with IGN, that's included in our article online, you can go check that out or check it out on their YouTube channel. Uh, he, so they actually came into this interview thinking he would talk a lot about Half-Life and the Valve Index. <laughs> he's uh, like i'm way past that that was yeah that he, was he, so 1999 guys <laughs> so it, it's kind of funny that when i uh told mark about this and i said so i told him the tagline of he doesn't think we're that far away from the matrix mark's like i don't know has he like tried the valve index like it's pretty cool but like it's not the matrix i was like no like he actually hate he doesn't hate virtual reality but he's kind of past it too and now he's working on a brain computer interface well, maybe maybe that's the reality. Maybe that's what he did. He did try the Valve Index, and that's why he's like, "Yeah, guys, we we got to do something different here. Let's just go straight to PCI, the brain computer interface." Because good grief, who wants to wear this yeah. clunky thing? I feel so sick. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, okay. Maybe maybe we like this guy. Oh, I think I think we do. Uh, I put a lot of his interview inside of the article. Some of my favorite quotes from there. I think my favorite, um, I'm no brain scientist, and uh, I don't know if you are either, but I don't think you are. I spent some time around you. He said, I think connecting people's motor cortex and visual cortex is going to be way easier than expected. Oh, oh okay. I, uh, yeah. I don't think that's, uh, that's not wrong. No, that's, that's not wrong, but it's, it's a really confident thing. And if, if that's true, then we're, like he said, we're not that far away. Okay, Paul, here's the thing. They already have monkeys. They've been doing these studies for years. What they do is they will um, block the nerves, uh, some of the trunk nerves in a, in a monkey's spine and that would um, send the movement signals from the brain to like their hand. Okay, so they block it at the spine level. And then what they do is they do a bypass. So they, instead of having the brain send the signal down the spine they use a you know brain computer interface type deal that will send the signal from after the blockage in their uh, their trunk nerve that has been blocked they'll send the signal to after that the, down the rest of the channel to the hand and then the hand can be controlled so the brain is controlling the hand uh, by going out of the brain down the nerve across a computer interface, then back to the nerve again, and then out to the hand. And it's been working. 
Like, uh, you know, monkeys have been controlling and playing video games for years this way. They, in fact, I'm pretty sure that any multiplayer online game that you play that you're getting like just beat at and you don't understand who these people are, they aren't people. They're the monkeys. So, that are part like of these... the bots in Fortnite? Yeah, the bots in Fortnite are actually, uh, no, the good ones uh, are actually <laughs> monkeys that are connected to these um, computer interfaces that are, are bypassing block nerves. And, and the goal there isn't to play Half-Life Alex in your brain, but the goal there is to help people with uh, paralysis uh, who have lost um, limb, uh, use of their limbs because of some sort of like a severed nerve or, or something like that. So, uh, but it's working. Like they've, they've started to figure out how to translate the, uh, the brain signals into some sort of computer language and then retranslate them back to signals the nerves can respond to. Uh, so that they can control things like their hand. Now, we're talking something slightly different here, which is can you get like the optic nerve, right? The the nerves connected to your eyeballs. Uh, can we get those to take data in that is, um, I guess, accepted by the brain the same way that visual information is communicated? Uh, and, and, you know, to be... Uh, optimistic here again it's actually happening as well there there are people who have had surgeries where um their optic nerves are used um to channel data into the brain and then the brain kind of treats it as visual data now here is the the biggest problem um well i'll say one there's one more thing that has been uh possible for years as well which is the cochlear implants uh where Instead of uh, sending a louder signal in like a hearing aid will do, it actually bypasses your eardrum and goes straight to your cochlear and sends in like data, sends in signals uh, to your auditory nerve straight to your brain. So there's already BCI out there. There's already brain computer interfaces out there. Um, uh, And there's examples with the cochlear implants um, as well as with the uh, auditory nerve nerve. bypassing the eyeballs now here's the the biggest challenge now your brain knows how to see things because your eyeballs have been sending visual data over your optical nerve your whole life right Mm -hmm. so this type of um technology is great for people who um used to be able to see but now can't and that's because the brain knows how to translate information over the optical nerve as image data now, imagine you were born without eyeballs, and it sounds weird, but like born without the ability to see at all, but you're born blind. Your brain has no idea what to do with information sent over the optical nerve, and so it wouldn't matter if you put a, a BCI right there um, on the optical nerve and then started sending data to the brain. The brain wouldn't even know what to do with it. It wouldn't know what it was. Um, you might be able to... Uh, based on the principle of neuroplasticity. Sorry to drop all these buzzwords. You said I, you wondered if I knew anything about uh, neuroscience. I, ha- I, know, I have no idea. But uh, neuroplasticity is the idea that your brain, even after you're a child, um, your brain as an adult can still learn and adjust and adapt um, to its surroundings and to new concepts and um, you know challenges. It, it can solve hard problems. Um, and it can even change its physical shape. The problem is it's a very, very difficult thing to do. Like the, the research being done in this area for neuroplasticity, it's, it's not massive things like 
taking a brand new data input over an optical nerve that has never been leveraged by your body before by like through your eyeballs, for example, and then teaching it to accept data and then translate it into something meaningful. So the BCI that, what's this guy's name? Valve guy? Uh, Gabe Newell. The BCI that Gabe Newell is talking about is, I guess, similar to what um, Elon Musk with Neuralink is talking about. Um, the real beneficiaries of this are people who at one point in their life did have a full functionality of their body and all their senses. Um, otherwise the brain doesn't know what to do if you want to try to give it a new sense. Now here's okay. We're getting into the weeds here, but this one's really cool. They mm -hmm. have, and this is based on the principle of neuroplasticity. They have been able to get people um, in certain situations to accept new data input that is um, essentially giving them a sense that they didn't have before. A good example is like infrared, like heat vision, right? Well, that's kind of an odd thing. But what they do is instead of going straight to the nerves with these things, what they do is they have, you know, basically an infrared sensor somewhere on the person's body. And they would um, output that sensor data into some like pattern of uh, haptic dots that would like touch their skin the the back of their arm in a certain way so they could sense that there's heat in the direction that they're looking or aiming the heat sensor which gives them right. an extra sense it gives them the ability to see what they normally couldn't see it gives them a, um, senses that they typically don't already have and the, this is this is not i guess um the, there's these arguments about like um cyborgs <laughs> right or enhanced right. humans or, you know, the uh, Ray, uh, what's his name? The the singularity guy from Google. I don't know why his name escapes me. Mark Zuckerberg. No, no. <laughs> he, he, uh, he, gosh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, the singularity is basically you upload your brain into a computer. That's different than, you know, putting computers into your body. And that's even more different than just having all of the technology be like a wearable technology. Like there's varying degrees of this type of thing where man and machine becomes very, very much intertwined. It's interesting that the, one of the founders of valve, which is what, what, what are they? They're a gaming company, right? The right. founder of valve is like, I'm jumping straight to BCI baby. Let's do it. Like, man, that, that, that stuff is for people who have physical limitations or like, you know, former, uh, like military veterans who perhaps lost a limb or lost some sort of functionality while they were at war. I don't know, Mark. I think everyone's ready for this BCI. Well, uh, honestly, if I had to pick between BCI and uh, VR headsets, what would I mean? What would you pick if you had to pick between you the two? You know what I would pick. You, you know what I would pick. You'd pick the Atari or the original Game Boy. I, I would pick the Nintendo 3DS strapped to my forehead. Oh, that is. I didn't even give that as an option, but you're right. That is the better choice. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, we didn't, obviously there's a lot more to this. Uh, we should make a different podcast about, about the, you know, uh, neuroscience and video games. And how the two are going to be intertingled inter the rest of their lives. It's the same thing, everybody. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a 40 minute video on this, or it might be 30. Uh, but anyway, there's a long video on this. It's, it's 30. Sorry about that. It's a 30-minute video where Gabe really just kind of takes the mic and just talks. It's really interesting. You should go listen to it. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's not going to be on the podcast. Put it in your pocket. Do it 
listen to it while you're doing chores or on a walk or something that people do at their house. So that's that one, though. Next, let's talk about uh, the Oculus Game Developer uh, Showcase. So this happened. So the Game Developer Conference, the annual uh, worldwide one, was supposed to happen this week in San Francisco. It didn't for obvious reasons. Oh, really? And for obvious reasons? Yeah, it's there's, because... Th- no, there's people that don't even care. There, there's people out there that are just like, this is ridiculous. Social distancing is worse for you than Corona. You're like, uh, uh, I don't know how many people die of loneliness. Maybe people die of loneliness, but we definitely know people are dying of this virus. Hmm. But they didn't hold the conference, fortunately. They were smart enough. <laughs> yes, but they didn't hold it uh, either way. But I, I don't think I'm not going to die from loneliness. Are you going to die from loneliness? No, I have you and this podcast. Once a day, oh. human to human contact via digital. Enough for this guy. <laughs> Thank you. Once a day for 30 minutes. Anyway, so they did the. Uh, today was their last day. What they did, they released three 40 minute videos all about um, the three topics that they talked about earlier in the week that they said they were going to talk about. And that is developing games for the Oculus platform, which I feel like everybody needs to hear. Um, Next, they talked about uh, VR for business and the best Oculus practices uh, to use their platform. And the last thing they talked about was the future of playing together and where multiplayer VR is going. Uh, we're not going to talk about what they talked about exactly because uh, we're not as smart as the, or at least I'm not. I, I don't need to speak for Mark because he has proven that he's smarter than most people. But uh, I haven't. So I'm not going to talk about what they talked about. But there are 40 minute videos of these developers that are at the forefront of all these breakthroughs. You can go listen to that. Along with that, they uh, just reiterated some of the game updates and games that are coming out soon. Uh, I'll run through that list one more time uh, just because there's not too much to talk about here other than go watching the videos. So Pistol Whip is getting a full update uh, with new leaderboards and a new scene called Full Throttle. It's uh, Mad Max heaven for those people that want to go experience that. The next one was the Oculus Go, uh, the most popular game from that platform. The B team is coming to the Oculus Quest. Uh, the Room VR, A Dark Place, is the escape game we talked about yesterday a little bit more in depth than we will today. But that's going to be a really fun uh, game for standalone escape rooms that can get room scale and it'll map to your room, something Mark and I talk about every so often. Uh, Lies Beneath, the survival interactive experience. And then the one I'm most excited about, Mark, uh, and I know everyone is waiting for me to say this one because it is confirmed. But Lone Echo for the Oculus Quest, the closed alpha is starting March 26th. You can go sign up on the Oculus website. Two weeks after that, they'll have an open beta. And then a month after that, the game is planning on releasing. Obviously, there's no set dates for all of that, but that's the idea they have. Uh, And then the last one, this isn't coming out until beginning of July, end of June. Phantom Cover Ops It's going to be a stealth VR game, something that you don't see a lot on this platform. But Oculus highlighted it. They interviewed the developers. You can go check that out on our website or on the Oculus website. But that's really the wrap-up. That's all the news that they're going to produce. Uh, they said the 19th was going to be a big day. It was. They released over. They released two hours worth of video. So uh, with talking to developers, so go check it out. It's pretty cool. 
All right. Well, there's not much more to say about that one. Very nice. Yeah, Paul. that's yeah, exactly. The the stuff you really want to hear about is in the videos. So go watch those. Uh, like I said, we're not going to try to recreate what the developer said, but um, that's that. Uh, lastly, this is an interesting one. This made you chuckle pre-show when we were talking about it. The VR Awards just announced this morning. And mind you, these happen at the beginning of November or the end of October, just depending on the calendar. The VR Awards this next year will be hosted not in the city, but in virtual reality. Oh, right. It, uh, you know, on site, on location, everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Exactly. These uh, the three previous years were held in London uh, this year is going to be held in our living room. So, uh, and your living room and your and living room and their living and room, your living room too. And your living room and yours and yours. I'm pointing to all of you. <laughs> and, uh, so that's exciting. Um, I don't know exactly how they're going to make it work. They announced it at a time where they can make it work. Uh, they can get a lot maybe, of people. Maybe, you know, you know what? Okay. Let's talk real quick. Apple released some products yesterday. Okay, you talked about them in the podcast yesterday. The yep. the, the iPad, the new iPad Pro that has some really awesome lidar, um, augmented reality sensors that are just going to make it game changing. Now, normally, the announcement of something that groundbreaking um, comes uh, comes to us via a keynote address with you know presentations and demos and things like that. Well, instead. All we got was their website updated and one video that was just a few minutes long of Craig Federighi, who is the senior VP of software uh, over all the operating systems. And all he did was uh, show some of the cool new technologies related to the trackpad and keyboard that the iPad Pro uh, can be purchased with. And, and the, the trackpad and keyboard are, um, I mean, that is actually cool news we don't care too much about the trackpad even though uh that is neat that the ipad has trackpad um, input but the significant thing related to um taking these conferences into vr is that now product announcements are kind of different uh we've kind of reduced them to instead of a massive gathering just some you know video clips uh -huh. really it's not done live why would you do it live if you could you know practice it and make it perfect so make it perfect um, and, you know, release exactly what you want to say. There's no more pressure to say things right the first time. We're going to have really bad live performers by the end of this uh, COVID-19 thing. <laughs> no, Everyone's going to forget. <laughs> like, hey, can we start over? Like, no, no, this is live. They're like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. I just wanted to restart. You know what's Okay. I, I wanna, years ago, I was um, at a cold, uh, a Coldplay concert. So it's 2012, actually. Jeez. Long, long time ago. I wasn't even born yet. Neither was I. I don't think anyone was. Because uh, we're all living in a simulation, apparently. Uh, in so you saw my tweet. I was at, uh, yeah. So it, I was at this Coldplay concert. And they're, so they said, okay, we'll play any song. Uh, anyone in the audience, you know, suggest a song and we'll play the song from our, you know, music catalog. And someone held up the song. It's called New Amsterdam. And he's like, all right, let's play it. And it is an older song. Like, it's not a, a recent song. And so he starts playing, and he totally screws it up. He's like, hey, 
he, he turns to the audience he goes hey are you are you guys okay if i start over and then he started over so they let him start over and nobody even batted than night they just thought it was normal probably but then again it was live so it's kind of probably awkward to even have to say that but uh you, you are right we're gonna have some pretty weird uh live performances um it's going to be different. So this VR awards, though, I don't know if I mentioned this before you said this, but our brains think alike anyway, so I'm glad you said it. But these will be recorded and then placed in a virtual environment. So they won't be uh, – I'm not sure if – so they said it's going to be in VR, but they didn't specify if it's going to be VR avatars accepting the awards or just a VR assessment. Or it's going to be like a 360-degree video and you're just sitting in the audience or sitting in a room. There's a lot of different routes they could take with this. We're not sure what they're going to do. And I doubt they're sure what they're going to do. This isn't going to take place for six months, is it? Maybe a little less? Yeah, they have time to to finish their planning. Yeah, this is definitely different. This is all in line with uh, the new way of doing things. Yeah, which I'm really excited about because uh, obviously, so what they said, they also said this was the plan. This obviously wasn't this year, but the plan was to eventually take these awards in VR. I doubt this year is going to be done in a way that they envisioned it. But uh, Never waste a good pandemic to push your technology forward. Well, that's what we're doing, right? Like we're, we're finding ways to podcast uh, regardless of the world. <laughs> Yeah, we no longer have to hand deliver this podcast to our listeners. We get to use, you know, internet. Yep. Have you heard of this? <laughs> this, new, exactly. this new wave of internet. Anyways, uh, just, yeah. just to summarize this VR awards thing, it's going to be done in VR. We're not sure what they're going to, uh, how they're going to do it. Um, whether it be 360 degree video or VR avatars or what, or if it's going to be like a rec room setting where everyone can join with their own avatars. We're not sure. Or if it's going to be an event online. Whatever it is, we're not sure about it. Um, we are sure that it will be in VR. Um, and we also are sure most of the award winners probably haven't been released yet. Like we, I'm pretty sure Half-Life Alex, just from reading everything, is going to win this Game of the Year award. But that's All of the awards. Be- best artist, best story, best gameplay, best interaction model, best player movement. VR person got? of the year. They're going to win a lot. Best, best virtual virtual reality the game called virtual virtual reality is gonna be so pissed like what how did we not win this again how did we not win that one we named our game after the award we wanted (laughs) uh uh, we should make a game called best vr game of the year (laughs) that would fit so many people oh they they buy it and they ask for a refund and we'll say we went out of business they're so sorry now oh geez Cool. All right. Do we have any other stories or that? Uh, it? That's it. Um, I had one awesome. more thing to Glad say, we... but I can't remember it. So I think that is it. We have a we have a tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Oh, we can so say we things. just do this again tomorrow. Let's let's record again tomorrow. Let's do it. All right. This has been the VR Gear Daily News Podcast, episode thirty four for March nineteenth, twenty twenty. Make sure you hit subscribe, share, and. Uh, I think on Anchor, you can send us a voice message. Anchor.fm. Yeah. Find us uh, VR gear there. Send us a uh, you know, voice message there. It's kind of a cool tech technology thing. Anyway, uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Later.